This podcast should not be considered as medical or legal advice. If you are looking for such advice, then do contact a professional. But please find someone that has a brain and can think critically about what's going on in the world today. This is the Collective Resistance Podcast with your hosts, Leo and Fabiola. We will be discussing why we find ourselves resisting the narratives of the common collective, as well as why the common collective resists new information. All right, how's everybody doing? It is time for another episode of the Collective Resistance Podcast, and Fabi will be joining me shortly. But uh, we have a special guest today. A, we are very excited, actually, to have her on the program, and she'll be jumping on the line here very shortly. But let's uh, kind of introduce her. And we came to find Amanda Dawn Vollmer uh, during the pandemic. She was a very um, forthcoming holistic health practitioner that had a lot of, and had and has a lot of opinions. Um, about what has been going on around the pandemic. And we uh, really found her as an inspiration, uh, just as far as her strong voice and trying to get alternative um, viewpoints put forward to add to the conversation. And so let's, uh, you know, just kind of tell you a little bit about who Amanda Vollmer is. Uh, She also often goes by the uh, the name ADV for her initials. She holds a degree of Doctor of Naturopathic Medicine from the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto and a Bachelor of Science in Agricultural Biotechnology from the University of Lethbridge. She is a professional eclectic holistic health practitioner, helping people to prevent disease and heal naturally for over 15 years. She is trained in multiple modalities, including applied kinesiology, um, IV therapy, Reiki, and focuses on wild crafting, blending, and extracting botanical medicine from the fields or her own garden. She owns and operates Yum Naturals Emporium, that's yumnaturals.store, in Ontario, Canada, where she designs and produces handcrafted all-natural body care remedies since 2012. She is also a blogger, vlogger, and the mother of a young and creative daughter. She shares her precious holistic health knowledge and the wisdom of Mother Nature in articles and countless videos on her blog called Yummy.Doctor. Amanda is also the published author of Healing with DMSO, a science-backed guide that will help readers understand how DMSO works, why it works, and the many ways we can harness its power to heal aches, pains, and other ailments, all in an easy-to-read and friendly way. She is passionate about health and truth and is not afraid to voice her opinion candidly, using humor to deliver the message. During these challenging times, she has been recognized as one of the brave souls to tell the truth about what's really going on in the world, encouraging and empowering people to be their own master. Uh, Just kind of note some websites that we will also put in the show notes. There's yumnaturals.store, yummy.doctor, dmso.store, healingwithdmso.com, and then she has a Patreon site at patreon.com slash yumnaturals. You can also contact her via the email address info at yumnaturals.net. And then you can find her on Instagram at 
Amanda AV and at Yum Naturals. I will point out that her name is A-M-A-N-D-H-A, so make sure that you include that in those uh, prefixes. Uh, Her Facebook is at Amanda Vollmer, Facebook page at Yum Naturals, and she has two Telegram groups, Amanda Vollmer and Healthy Dose of Truth that you can search for on that platform. So without further ado, let's bring her on so that we can jump into some of the topics that we really wanted to visit with her about today. All right, Amanda Vollmer is here with us today at the Collective Resistance Podcast. Amanda, how are you? I'm doing well, Leo. Thanks for having me. Hi, Fabiola. Hi. Nice to meet both of you. So face, nice. Face to face virtually. Yeah. Yes. So nice to meet you as well. So excited to have you. So, Amanda, yeah, we uh, started this podcast uh, as a result of the pandemic. We wanted to reach people in the communities that we were attached to, to be able to, you know, be able to have a dialogue with even people that are not as open to different ideas. And uh, sometimes the podcast is an easier way to do that because they don't have to have a conversation. They're just interested <laughs> in listening uh, to people that they know, kind of uh, talk through what they're uh, consuming. And we've, we've had pretty good success with it. And you were one of those, uh, you know, lightning rods, if you will, throughout the, the course of the pandemic that uh, we kind of would come back to here and there throughout our weekly episodes. And uh, uh, so I, I want to I go back to late in 2020, we did an episode that we called, um, if coronavirus isn't making people sick, then what is it? And we thought of you specifically, you know, because you've dealt with that in so many different interviews. And uh, uh, I, I wonder, because when Fabi and I talked about it in that episode so long ago, we looked at it as, you know, the public was obtuse to the idea of focusing attention on something like a virus, uh, and they're not willing to look anywhere else. And at the yeah. same time, you know, we're in a toxicity crisis, uh, especially in North America, but really the world over. And do you see it being any more complex than those two things? Uh, and then really, how have you come to your experience in this pandemic with your practice and, uh, you know, the voice you have, you know, reaching out to people? Um, I know that's a lot, but can I <laughs> hand it over to you from there? Uh, so <laughs> well, um, I, I could come at that a few different ways, but, um, really it there's, yeah, there's a toxicity on many levels and I would say societally speaking, right? So culturally we're diseased, really, uh, we have diseased ideas and, um, warped ways of, um, uh, experiencing one another, we've we've fallen out of favor with um, real community and real connection and and meaningful interactions and uh, a life that is you know focused in study or focused on some vocation or some sort of passion. You know, if you look back even 100, 200 years, how people were you know in their lives compared to to now. I mean, it seems like there's been technology dumped upon us very quickly. Yeah. I think what must have happened is the last reset, um, the, the, the ones who won out or took over the new technology and hoarded it, they, they use all of this to their advantage and manipulate the population with it while figuring out ways in which to control and, and ever 
expanding consciousness, you can't really keep consciousness shoved down forever. You can stunt it, you can maybe confuse it uh, or waylay it or poison it. But at some point, people are going to rise through it or rise up over it because it just is a rule of this place. You can't keep doing the same thing over and over and over again to souls without repercussion. You know, there's a cause and effect to this place. So as I see it, we've been, they've come at us in so many angles and then taken the tech and just sort of dumped it in on us and um, and used that to their advantage, like new iPhones and new this and new whatever, when they already had the top tech. They've, I think they've had the max and they just leak it out bit by bit. And there's no more from there. Whatever they had given to them from the ancients that they stole from the library of Alexandria or whatever, <laughs> you know, or stole from Tesla or stole from people who were genius. They, that's my sense. I don't think this group is actually that smart. I think they're just devious. Mm -hmm. And at some point, their, their chits are going to run thin. But our job through it is to increase our awareness or our conscious awareness as expanding so we can we can hold more energy and we can um, do our work, our, what, what our families and our communities need and take us back home again, rather than this, I don't know, this social media mind warp that's happened because it is very dementing. It does like even the phones and things I see on the, the way the children are, they, they don't um, learn how to think you know, yeah. they are, uh, they get stressed too easily from this, even with my own daughter, when she would be on a device and I would say, I think I'm not good with this. And I pull it up. Oh, normal child. There she is. Okay. <laughs> this is wonderful. I like having an engaged child with the world as opposed to this weird other alternative place. So where I'm going with that is there are many layers to the poisoning or the toxicity, right? We're not just talking about physical toxicity with being chemtrailed and injected and drugs and stressed and all that stuff of the lifestyle, but it's, it's psychosocial, spiritual, it goes, it continues on. Mm -hmm. And at some point there'll be a breaking point and we are almost there, I think at least spiritually we're in a crisis or socially we're in a crisis or whatnot. And we will have to come back to ourselves and start with the basics, which is your family and your, yourself and your, your creator, your connection to your creator and all those things and, and clean up around our, our, our realities and, and make sure we have skill sets for ourselves yeah. um, while we, fix this really, which obviously starts with us. Mm -hmm. Now, Amanda, we had an experience, you know, we've been using hol holistic uh, providers for years now. We, you know, uh, were a product of vaccine injury within our family. And, you know, with the pandemic, one thing it did was that uh, we were actually seeing who were the real uh, holistic practitioners, because it seemed like, uh, I mean, wouldn't you say a large percentage yeah. of them just went Buckle. with the narrative out of nowhere. And I don't know if that was a similar experience with colleagues that you have or have met or just are aware of in, in uh, your market or, but I mean, it, it really just blew us away. And, you know, for a little while, we didn't know who to turn to. Yes, that was when I knew they had mastered the psychological warfare 
that was the moment I, I realized they had upped their tech, whatever they've done to the televisions and to um, people's minds uh, through the tech was they probably should pat themselves on the back because the fact that you've got yoga practitioners, naturopathic doctors, chiropractors, etc., running off and promoting jabs and um, getting on board with absolute tyranny, um, yeah. damage, damage that is, we haven't even gone to the point where we've calculated the levels of damage. I don't think we even ha have a, a barometer of how bad this is really still going to, it's like a tsunami <laughs> that has been made and hasn't actually hit shore yet, you know? Uh -huh. um, and uh, for them to, I have the same training, so I know what we learned and we learned about all the determinants of health and determinants of health include your social aspects, your spiritual aspects, your how your household is, your job, your, where money comes, the food you eat, that all of those, it, all of those patterns of your life, your habits of your life, you know, we would get up, we would go in, in for a walk on the boardwalk, go to the library, you know, uh, I do some, put in some work, open the store, then we'd go to the park, you know, play for a while, uh, you know, might go for another little stroll, go meet a friend. This was our day to day when, you know, before pre-pandemic crap. Mm -hmm. And then that it's gone. I mean, if you drive through the small, most small towns now, you'll see multiple changes that you wouldn't have seen in such a short period of time, like closures, they'll never come back. These businesses are done, they're, mm -hmm. they're gone. Mm -hmm. um, it's shocking to me actually to drive through and go, oh, I remember just, you know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, yeah. this was our normal going. Through. And there's a mourning that we haven't even touched on yet. Mm -hmm. There's a loss that is just so um, incalculable that we don't even know how to process that pain yet. I mean, I have friends, they've lost their jobs or careers. These are like 40 year careers, yeah. you know, and just booted out on their, on their arse because they have bodily integrity and they choose to not have an experimental dangerous injection. Thank you very much. Um, and the way they were treated. So it's just been really quite, uh, <laughs> an alarming time period that we've all gone through and it's been traumatic and to have holistic practitioners that I expect better of who yeah. know these things yeah uh run right into the fire like that uh is just embarrassing and I actually did a rant about I believe it was a few years even before this where I was angry at Indies for promoting and supporting vaccines because they are absolutely mm, 180 opposite of holistic practices and, and understanding of natural medicine they don't belong anywhere in naturopathic medicine or any holistic medicine field. Mm -hmm. uh, and I somehow thought we were, we were just, you know, getting there. Maybe, I don't know what I thought, what, maybe I hoped it, but when I saw this, I was like, wow, I, I, I had an argument with a, with a chiropractor who oh, wow. was, he would come into the store and he loved my peace cream. So that's used to be called pain away. Cream. Mm -hmm. It's got like cannabis and St. John's wort, arnica, and then I added DMSO. And he said it was working so well for all his patients. And he would come in and buy like bulk, right? Mm -hmm. 
And one day I hadn't seen him in a while and he walks in. I didn't even know it's him because he's in a mask. Right. I don't know who he, I don't know who these freaking people are. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, and I don't, the crazy thing is, I don't think they know that you can't see them. Right, or right. Something. Yeah. And I've never put on a mask and walked around. So I don't even, I don't even care because I don't want to know about that. I don't, I'm good. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. I'll be the person who will never, who can say I have never, ever put one on and I never, ever will. The only time I will is if I'm mixing herbs and I don't want dust in my face. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, for actual reasons that make logical sense. Yeah. For that, like I'm dust, I'm, I'm sanding wood. I'll wear a mask. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was, he said, Oh, I'd like whatever. And automatically I'm, when someone would walk in with the mask, when I have a sign on my door that says, do not come in here with a mask on, I'm not, you're not getting me on my nice mood. I already don't like you, bitch. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a hostile environment. Don't come in. It really, I'm, I'm trying, you know, here to be respectful and yet, you know, this is bullshit. Right. And then I go and I realize by his order that it's him. I said, uh, oh, okay. Why are you wearing a mask? And I'm laughing at him. Uh-huh. Like, it's so silly. I mean, come on now. You know better than that. You know that, that germs, the germ theory is false. You must have. So he knew that it was false and he still wore no, the mask? He oh, no, he did. He didn't know. And I went, oh, well, I guess you're not watching any of my content. Because so. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you, you would have already heard this from me back in 2017 right so no he uh he was just he got into he got into it it was nasty i was like there's no fucking virus i was like you're fucking like i it was bad it was bad (laughs) it was terrible i was was not cool but i was it was because he's the he was the only real individual i could actually sink my teeth into and, and just go it's, it's it's you're representing all of y'all and you're all dumb and you know get your jabs get your myocarditis you know get your victimhood pin and off you go to the next incarnation because i'm done with you i mean you're not you don't even want to have a conversation so what's the point you already yeah. know so yeah i'd have to say that was really eye-opening i the other thing is our vets i'm having the hardest time finding a holistic vet that mm-hmm. won't they got worse with the vaccines um, after all of this, all of them. Really? So it's not just get this particular shot. It's now all the shots become somehow more important. Mm-hmm. And it's like the first thing they ask, they're such psychopaths. Like, did you get your shots, man? <laughs> like, it's like, whoa, calm down. I just need to stay and neuter, man. Like, I don't need your other peddling wares, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, Amanda, Is that bad up there was an interesting yeah. thing. You know, we, we had this vaccine injury experience uh, with one of our children, may, maybe multiple. Um, and uh, we, um, you know, we, we were stalwarts in pushing the, um, I mean, I hate using pejoratives like anti-vaccine, just, just making sure people were educated about the risks. You know, we were, you know, we were doing protests. We were uh, talking about it with relatives, with anybody we could, we could get in front of. We were not hiding the fact that, you know, we were doing what we were doing with our children going forward. 
but you know, I got to say, we really did not have any exposure to this whole um, paradigm around viruses really not being the cause of illness. Mm -hmm. And I, so I'm wondering, you know, because I, I think you'd said, you know, you'd already come to this realization before the pandemic, um, you know, and it was really... Um, Dr. Tom Cowan, you know, that that uh, uh, opened our eyes in one of those early pandemic videos he did, and that kind of, uh, you know, blew our visibility open. But, you know, can you talk about your story of coming to that? Was that challenging, or did it just make sense to you right when you learned it? Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, there's a, a an interesting tell in a truth pattern, and it's hard to really put your finger on as if you were explaining it to someone, because I think it can be very personal. Mm -hmm. Over time, you come to pass certain experiences. And when you when you reflect, you realize there were tells along the way, there were little breadcrumbs. And you didn't see them really much when you were walking past them. But those bigger pieces at the end, and you just put it all together, and then you do the research, and you do the, do the deep dive, whatever. Then you look back and go, well, that was a little sign and that yeah. was a little sign. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so after many experiences like this, this is wisdom. This is how wisdom gets brought through. You begin to trust yourself when you get that little niggling inside that says you got to pay attention to this. You don't know why. There's no money to be made from it. There's no emergency. It's just, it emerges. Mm -hmm. It's just there. Mm -hmm. So that was uh, kind of there for me, this virus question. And it really just came from a discussion I was having in a car with a, a friend of mine who had been diagnosed with all sorts of you endless diseases. And he had major mold exposure. And apparently, you know, he would go and get these biofeedback units done and he would have Epstein-Barr right. and he would have HIV and he would have, and he was freaking out about it. And I said, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. This is, how can you have five, six viruses and no symptoms of those so-called diseases? And you have, but we know you have mold toxicity and we know at that time I believed in immune system, which I don't now, but I would say your immune system is compromised. Therefore, maybe you're carrying this just i just said something's up mm -hmm. uh the little niggly thing so i said my i remember saying to him my next deep dive research is going to be on this virus thing something stinks mm -hmm. not that, that's where it began for me and uh so i did and i always would listen to those things and that's when i started to uh, my first pray was there have to be whistleblowers, meaning there have to be those that were in the industry that found out it was BS, got out and opened their big mouth. But there's got to be even one there has to be if it's true. And mm -hmm. there was. And that was Dr. Stefan Lanka. Oh. And I read as much as I could from him in whatever translation I could get. And I watched all the videos and you name it. And uh I went, oh my gosh, here we are. I knew it. I knew this was wrong. Um, and plus I, I had trained, I said, this doesn't line up with homeopathy. It doesn't line up with, with polymorphism or pleomorphism. It, it, it doesn't line up with the understanding that we have lineages in the body. We have isopathy practices and these other 
medicinal practices. I've studied traditional Chinese medicine. They don't mention contagion. They don't talk about those things. They don't matter to them. And this is, this is brilliant knowledge that really taught me how to be a practitioner. And they don't even care about viruses. That's supposed to be the biggest and thing. And then it's supposed came from China. <laughs> oh, the irony is so <laughs> layered. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk a little um, bit about so the pleomorphism? Because it was the first time I heard about that. Um, when I was listening to, well, I listened to you a couple times say that difference between the live, what you see in live blood and all these other testing types or modalities, and you're having a great, um, uh, not argument, a great debate. discussion, debate with uh, a to be MD about germ versus um, terrain theory. And you talked about that. So what is this pleomorphism and how did you find out about it? Well, interestingly enough, I learned about pleomorphism in naturopathic college. Oh, you did? Because we, uh, what happens to all med students, whether it's holistic med or conventional med, what happens is all of the companies that will, that they all want you, the companies that make products that you'll sell for them want you right? It's, mm -hmm. it's every, all of these industries get pimped out every last one of them and naturopaths no different. So mm -hmm. we have Metagenics and Soroyal and we have all of these um, biomed and, you know, we have all these companies that will meet and greet you and tell you what they make and why and educate you on the science behind their products and et cetera, et cetera, and give you samples and samples and samples. And so you really have to watch your ego when you go into med school mm -hmm. because they will, you know, wine and dine you so that you make their bread and butter basically. Right. Mm -hmm. But at least in the naturopathic field, they're trying to do really good things and, and they're trying to actually make corrections in nutrition rather than just suppress stuff. So at least there's that, right? And there are a lot of good products from a lot of good companies that I really do support. So you just have to learn that it's still an industry and you have to make these decisions. And one of the decisions I made with one company was the Biomed company, and they are the only ones in Canada that have the Sanum products. They're German products that are made based on the idea and understanding of pleomorphism, which basically is um, Gunter Einderlein's information, uh, which is explaining the, um, the way the cytoplasm works in conjunction with how the uh, red blood cell will let off these um, life forms, the germ, or it's called the germ, which is like a seed kernel, mm -hmm. and it will uh, create an organism of whatever design and shape depending on the terrain pH uh, and that the pH dictates the need uh, of what that organ will look like to ingest the waste and the garbage and or make the vitamin needs, you know, or produce uh, enzymes or break down food particles, that sort of thing. Um, sorry, is my internet okay there? It's okay. It's yeah, a, it's a little frozen. spotty, but we can hear you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but your, okay, your video is frozen, but we can hear you. Okay, I'm just gonna, um, that can happen. I'm just closing a few things here. Oh, okay, great. Um, 
I can move it if it becomes a problem again. Just let me know. Okay. It's those damn anyway. archons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. They they have the maximum internet that is available. They already have it. They don't right. want us to have it. They just release new tech every couple of years and make it look like they're advancing the tech. Suck the profit out of it. Yeah. And radiators. They are. <laughs> oh yeah. They yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Because they have the fastest instant, instantaneous internet you could ever, ever, ever want. And there should be no delays. There should be no, none of that. Yeah. Anyway. I've, I've uh, worked in that industry. I, I, I'm, I'm well aware. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's just so, so dark, but um, anyway, so my point is I learned about these lineages. I read those books that came through the Sanum therapy and remedies and how to administer them properly. So I'm trained in how to use them um, because they're kind of complicated. And one of the first steps is alkalizing the whole system to prepare for rebuilding progenitor lineages that live inside of us that are part of our uh, blood system and that keep us healthy and producing our minerals and vitamins and enzymes and things because we are life mm -hmm. and that one one shape will change into another based on the immediate need and that could be uh, a change in the ph of a cell uh, cell you know opens up and then the pH, local ph changes then the bacterium will change formation it could go from a rod shape to a cocci or round shape and when you know that these microorganisms that we'll call bacteria or fungus these sorts of, can turn into one another, can become one another, meaning they're not static, like, oh, we found this thing. Right. When you take the thing and then you put it in the body, it makes a very set, specific set of symptoms. So that thing causes this disease. Well, that just can't exist, understanding that we have changeable forms. Mm -hmm. how, how You can't have both things. So uh when we also don't have the science that shows when you remove it you know from the body and put it outside of the body that you haven't immediately changed it by that process mm -hmm. you know taking and changing the ph of how it would be there to how it would be outside or into another body mm -hmm. etc so that was a huge huge little part in my head and what i was redoing which i realized later and looking back is I had split my thinking. I had still had the viruses and bacteria and germ theory stuff sort of on one side. And then I had the terrain understanding and the approaches of polymorphism on the other side. And it was like, I would choose which way to go with each patient to, you know, yeah. oh, this is definitely a Sanum case or this is definitely, you know, we're going to deal with it as if, and then just go kill stuff, you know, go kill a right. virus or take antivirals or something. And, uh, Oh, did we lose her there? Yeah. I don't know if you can hear us, but we lost uh, you now, Amanda. Let's wait a moment, see if uh she, I did that was enough. Is. Oh, there you are. Hey, we lost you a little bit for about, there. For about oh. ten seconds. Okay, there. let me let me check the box. Okay. Okay. No I have to just move it. Yeah, it's low.
Let me uh, text Elon Musk. Maybe he can. Uh, no. <laughs> okay, it's, it's good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now the uh, the issue is that um, whatever energy you know it just takes one tree that's this way and then yeah. Yeah. oh god <laughs> but trees you're saying do, trees protect you they do you were saying you yeah. were split with your practice where you're doing some stuff terrain but with other patients you're going more germ theory and then we lost you there okay well uh, you know i had this dichotomy inside is what how i was functioning like how was i rectifying the two beliefs because mm -hmm. I had trained in Sanum and I knew that we had these lineages. I guess part of me just thought, well, that's just a lineage in us that has nothing to do with bacteria and viruses out there, right? Mm -hmm. So they're different. There's good bacteria and good viruses right. and bad bacteria and bad viruses. So that was my way of separating it out to make sense of different situations and try to congeal it. But then I realized that there's nothing, it's not like that. It's not good or bad. It just is. And it's you who's good or bad. It's your base terrain, your way you're hosting it is what changes the outcome. Okay. It's not it deciding on your outcome. Okay. You know, and, and on that topic, you know, we've had a lot of experiences in our life where, you know, we can't really see the utility in them at the time, right? But then you get a little bit in the future, you're able to see, oh man, that really showed up for a reason. And uh, I mean, I think of what happened with, with our son, you know, and we wouldn't be here talking with you today. We wouldn't have, you know, I mean, obviously we wouldn't know what would happen, but I mean, certainly we were on another path. Yeah. And, and we we're probably be taking the shot right now. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so, so, you know, we're, we're grateful for that experience that we had. And I'm wondering with the pandemic and the exposure now that terrain theory has had, um, I mean, do you look at that as, as a, we're at an inflection point where now there's really a conversation or, or do you think we still have a, a long way to go? here in the in the in yeah, the coming you're future just having the conversation which i thought it was phenomenal that the conversations mm -hmm. are now happening where both sides want to maybe understand each other <laughs> well i think we're at that paradigm shift phase that is inevitable mm -hmm. it will happen no matter what it will happen whether there's a breakpoint in one direction or another and the breakpoint happened to be this hopes right mm -hmm. so we need it we need to understand it now because they're going to keep trying this and they have already and that's one reason why i was becoming more vocal about it because i was realizing they were faking all these diseases to push shots right and other screening technologies and i knew the agenda 2030 21 you know document and uh i was warning about that for a very long time so I could see the writing on the wall, obviously, but now when this event happened, it absolutely is an opportunity to have real debates and conversations. Really, uh, the people, my colleagues, those who know this information, we talk continually in, in um, groups together and we have uh, sessions together to, to discuss, you know, what, what, how we do this or how we move forward. And, uh, or we'll do conferences together, this sort of stuff. And we're still really at a stage where we're challenging 
um, those who keep lying. Like, I'm not, I was invited to talk with Judy Mikevitz and I. Yes. I'm not sure. Here's why. Okay. So I'm in this, I'm not decided yet. And here's why though. Here's the issue. Mm -hmm. When you are really debating with someone, you know, or you really are trying to have a meeting of minds, you have to ensure that you're with someone that has an equal intention, meaning Mm -hmm. they're really honestly feeling bad that they may have made a mistake and they don't like that and they would like to understand it. Mm -hmm. They would like to present their information perhaps and you present back, but it needs to be in a very uh, thoughtful way, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Circuti, emails me all the time and he just he heard that I was going to debate her which she said she didn't want to debate she said that she just wanted to uh, talk about her views and that she's now doesn't believe in germ theory or terrain theory she believes in something called god theory which I hadn't heard about so I didn't really feel comfortable to go into that arena without understanding what the point was of our meeting because I've seen her speak before. Yeah. And, and Johnny was stepping up to try to almost protect me as like a masculine energy saying, I don't recommend it because Mm -hmm. she's very talented at just um, skewing truth in a way that will not be valuable. And to me, I, time is very precious. Mm -hmm. And if it's genuine, really, Mm-hmm. and it will help and i will do it but if it's not helpful if it's going to create more controversy drama uh confusion i would rather wait until the right time or right. maybe it's not to be with me maybe it's to, to be with another person who might you know from just a viewer's like perspective i mean i've been i've been listening to our book plague corruption and I have actually gone to conferences where she was speaking um she she seems a very genuine person and I would of course love to see you both talk because it doesn't seem like she ever goes deep enough she's really Mm -hmm. stuck into that AIDS research Mm -hmm. um which went into the pandemic documentary and all but if she's kind of starting to change her mind I mean that would be just fascinating to just listen but like, but like Amanda said, how can you really debate when you don't know what the what the ball game is? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. uh, she's on this yeah. new thing. She just that, seemed like a very genuine. Yeah. When I met her person, I mean, of course, in a conference, I listened to some of her talks, and she's been through the ringer. <laughs> also, with you know whatever mm-hmm. she went through through the age, she's been you know she's put in jail, and so. It seems like she she does have a good heart, but it does seem like she does have that foundation of she might still be theory tra- trapped in the paradigm. Career, yeah. Well, but yeah, I would love that. What, so <laughs> it might happen. It's just just here's here's where I how I remember I was saying about patterns of things, right? And I have to if you are living this life by design, meaning you want mastery my goal of this whole thing is mastery Mm -hmm. and ascension and i want to do that right and so i'm i don't care if 
if it my impulse if there's an impulse and it doesn't feel like the right impulse i don't do it if it, if i feel that twinge of ego i won't do it mm-hmm. you know there if if i'm being pushed too much mm, there i'm i'm not going to do it mm-hmm. there has to be the right ripeness for it and then all people benefit. She'll benefit. I'll benefit. Yeah. The listeners will benefit. But if I just go like a hot potato and just jump on it, it's it's if it's not right, it mm-hmm. won't it won't produce fruits. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I would rather give it time to settle down, and then we'll you know look at it. Maybe what I have to do is say, all right, well. I need to understand what God theory is first. Mm-hmm. Uh, has she changed her views on mm-hmm. viruses? Yeah. Um, because it, there's no point in coming and talking about the same stuff she's already refuted over and over again. I I, I haven't been able to see the real point of it yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, well, and we we've uh, had this really weird experience throughout the process of producing the podcast because you know we came from that vaccine injury and then there's all these you know personalities in that space you know mm-hmm. the Dell Big Trees the uh, mm-hmm. the Judy Mikovitzes and all mm-hmm. that and then we come to you know Dr. Tom Cowan Dr. Andrew uh, Kaufman y- yourself uh, and, a, and a host of others and there still seems you know like we everybody wants to take the double use that we get you know, against the, the, the other side. And, but then we, we slowly found that, oh, okay, now on our side, there are, there's a clear delineation because now there's the, the, the people that want, you know, vaccine choice and and health freedom that are still in the, the germ theory paradigm. And then there's everybody else. And it's like, is there, is there a construct that has been created, you know, to continue that division? Um, or is it just, dumb luck well i mean we have controlled opposition that's that has to be there yeah Mm -hmm. so um in order for um for there to be i'm just closing some windows here i noticed a delay um so you know that in any of these situations there has to be there will be infiltrators right it's just the way there has to be um, and, uh, there are people who have obviously different agendas, whether it's personal ego agendas, money-making agendas or political agendas, whatnot. So there's a big mixed bag in there and we can't, um, it's, it's hard to just label everybody because we just, I mean, how many of them are really legitimately getting a paycheck for their deception? We, we can't, we don't know, ultimately. Um, I'm concerned about uh, RFK Jr. a lot because he's a Kennedy. Right, right. <laughs> he's one of the their family lineages, and you don't get out of those families. You don't get out of those families. Yeah, it's like um, the mafia. Yeah, you you are that. In, right. Uh, so so he's playing the good guy. So they they have their good guy players and their bad guy players, right? So mm-hmm. he's playing as the good guy player, and uh, he he pushes fake climate change. So I mean, he's he pushes fake viruses. So I don't really subscribe to that crew. I think they the Dell big trees and stuff. I, 
I understand that a lot of people will get value from some of the information, but I explain it as we are meant to graduate through layers of truth, you know, and, and navigate through deception and navigate through the pull upon your energy through fear programming, meaning mm -hmm. a lot of what they, the Stu Peters and the Dell Big Trees and stuff push out are the adrenaline rushed, right. uh, hot off the press headlines, uh, yeah. alarmist. Right. So they're, um, it's still a layer to get through <laughs> because yeah. it's not, if you are being utilized, if your energy is being harvested like that, you're not actually part of the solution. You mm -hmm. are consuming media mm -hmm. and you are hoping that the solution will come about because people are talking about it. You're not actively participating in the solution, which is where we need to get to. And so when you have sensationalism news pulling on you all over the place, uh, I think it's a tactic to actually de still demoralize you and still demotivate you for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a different way of, around doing it. Because if you're, a lot of the people think, oh, there's going to be a petition or there's going to be a politician or there's going to be a Trump or there's going to be a savior that's going to come and fix this. Right. And, um, and it's just certainly not the case. Um, it's really a, a matter of, um, voltage yeah. <laughs> of your own life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I'd say just turn it all off, turn it. Once you figure out the big pieces, take it and integrate it mm -hmm. and turn it off mm -hmm. and go and get some stuff, some stuff done in your life. That mm -hmm. means you're not as re reliant on a system that will fall. It is falling. Mm-hmm. And in this process, like uh, over the last several years, I mean, did it play out the way, at least for you, did it play out the way that you saw it initially? Or did, were there some big shifts in, in this, uh, this growth process through the, the pandemic and your, your practice? Oh, well, I mean, I had to make major decisions. And like you said, it really um, separated the wheat from the chaff, but not just with practitioners with all kinds of situations, what you were willing to tolerate, uh, what you, what changes had to happen. I mean, uh, we had agencies going rogue. Uh, we had no rule of law. So that means it was, uh, you had to take matters into your own hands. And one of the things that I needed to do at that point, even though I had already been, you know, working toward uh getting out of the system and i had been actually out of the system 100 percent before mm -hmm. and i got back in because i was pregnant but um but i i saw the dichotomy of that and i learned from that and now it's like playing a monopoly game <laughs> when you're in it mm -hmm. and how to not contract with a lot of these entities and i decided uh because of police harassment and um, fines and stuff and just crazy, crazy uh, mental midgets, meaning they've been made into mental midgets by fluoride in their television sets. I would not, I could not be around them. Uh, I, I closed my doors to the public and I went private. So I, I 
put my business into a PMA style. Uh, and then I, I actually, so my yumnaturals.store, that was the main website. And then I actually took all my DMSO products that I uh, designed into a new company, dmso.store, because Health Canada just wanted to shut everything down. And because of all the complaints uh, to me, that's what they, they use a lot of those things as fodder to try to stop you. Right. So mm -hmm. I had like all kinds of visitors, unwanted visitors that I had to deal with. <laughs> and, um, and they wouldn't, they don't, you know, they don't actually really care. Right. They mm -hmm. only are, you know, because they would have, they would have come and, and, and been interested earlier. Right. But mm -hmm. no, no, now there's a problem. Uh, when there there really is no problem, they just are. They've been given their marching orders. They're meddlers. Yeah, they're given their marching orders. They like to meddle, and oh, someone to make an example of who speaks truth, is bold and brazen, who knows her facts, who has a, a you know background with degrees, who's practiced, who's a business owner. Oh well, we better shut her down, you know, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But that's how I navigate. So there were a lot of changes. And, I, and I'm not the only one that went through tremendous changes to their business and their lifestyle from all of this. This is like massive to most people have had their families torn apart and their jobs and their where they lived and their lose their homes and people dying and dying from the shots and not from mm -hmm. anything else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, or from the doctors themselves, putting them on vents and giving them terrible right. medications and or neglect of our elders and old folks homes, you know, where we shove them off into these death traps with brainwashed conventional nurses who poison them every day, mm -hmm. um, you know, and let them die. Basically that was the first leg of it. When that started, I, I knew the elders, they were coming at the elders first. Um, mm -hmm. In fact, that was the first brainwashing because the policemen, the first set of policemen that came, uh, that was their shtick. Oh, we have to protect our elders from this COVID thing, right? I'm mm -hmm. like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see where it's coming in. It's cut. So they're going to kill our elders first. This is the calling. Mm -hmm. And then they're, they're going to come for the children last. And I knew, I just knew that that's how it was going to go. So doors closed, sign on the, on the door, see ya. Uh, plus, I was in a tiny town. Now, this is a tiny town. We support each other. We support each other's business. We buy a shop local, right? We know each other. We know each other's businesses. They've seen my child grow up, you know? And I got, you know, on the news at the beginning of it. And it was all through my town. It was on the local paper. The papers, of course, part of the agenda. They're all total morons, really. They're sick people. If you hear how they write, it makes you physically sick. Um, and they all threw me under the bus like this, this media. Right. And I, I didn't, it's not that I expected anything, but I, after I was really just so saddened that the entire town, instead of coming to the only one that's really speaking out and supporting her and coming even for counsel to ask questions, like the ones who were awake, they came. But all the business owners and all the stuff, they just went along with throwing me under the bus. And I said, you know what? I think my service to this town is over mm -hmm. um, because 
they would come in and I would make sure their babies weren't colicky and no fevers. And I took so much out of the hospital system away from the emergency system because they would come to me first and we would deal with it. Right. And that was a huge loss for so many. I was really sad because I really enjoyed that part mm-hmm. of having a store, you know, because mm-hmm. it was very rewarding, but I just felt like, okay, I know where I'm, I'm not wanted. So Mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll go to my international, you know, people and I'll focus there. And, uh, and then I moved. So I'm not, we're not really there. I just, the stores there. So I moved away from there. Chewy, an even uh, tinier town (laughs) or just no town. (laughs) It's, it's a nice town. It's, um, I actually don't know the, the size I'm going to say it feels a little bigger Mm -hmm. and, uh, it's it's I, I'm more remote. It's not the same. It's not like I was living in the town back then, and mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not quite there. I'm like in fifty plus acres, so it's oh, totally yeah. We, we we went from uh, one point seven five million to twenty seven hundred in the town. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we know the experience. Yeah, well, it's there's been a lot to adjust to, and I am grateful for all the changes because I really felt at the very beginning, I talked a lot about it like as a judgment day event where, where all of the culmination of all of your deeds are coming to the forefront and you're being judged that feather is coming <laughs> to the scales. <laughs> and, um, and so for some of us really wonderful things happened, you know, as much as there was upset and there was, you know, change can be uncomfortable. When I look at it, it's really quite marvelous. And then there, you know, so there was all kinds of changes that we could look at in all kinds of different light, but I felt a lot of benefits come from standing up in, in, in integrity and, um, riding through that storm, regardless of how messy my hair got through it or whatever. Um, (laughs) No. And, and it was people like you specifically, as I said, inspiration to us, because, you know, we went up against school boards and, and, you know, people in communities. And, um, you know, I was just listening to an interview with someone yesterday and, and, and they were saying, you know, we're not going to weigh consequences of doing the right thing because to weigh the consequences would be to suggest that you might not do it, you know? And, and, and I don't think it was as ever as crystallized as well for me, because I know that, that, I did some rationalization, you know, uh, of of consequences, and I I just didn't think I'd ever heard it that way. And and you seemed like someone who is not rationalizing the consequences. You're just doing what you believe is right, and and I can't thank you enough for that. Yeah, it, and uh, the rationalization comes through in the management in the moment, really. So you you have it's almost like emergency management of. Yeah. as you're going along and making uh, decisions that are more gut-based. Um, and I think it was a test. I wanted, I guess I invited that, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it shakes up a lot of things in you. It's going to shake up beliefs and um, who you think you, you are <laughs> and what you're really made of and tests you. And that's good. I mean, we need to be pushed and prodded every so often to in an opportunity to advance. It's not meant to put you down. I think it's meant to um, help you see that you are something of value and that you're made of something that is quite powerful. Mm-hmm. And it, 
when you feel that, you know, no matter what, something has your back, someone has your back and, and you will be protected. You've gone through all sorts of trial by fire and yet here you are speaking, you know, in ones and zeros on the internet. So yes, you're, you're okay. And it was hard and it, and it was challenging and there might've been some tears, but you're okay. You did it, you managed it. That mm-hmm. means you can manage all kinds of stuff and yeah. you're still mm-hmm. going to be okay. And, mm-hmm. and same thing with childbirth, like childbirth was a huge experience for me. Obviously it's a big um, transition yeah. from made, made into motherhood, you know, um, but I would have never understood the body as well as I do because that is wild that is that that happens to a body is yes you see see it and you're like oh cool that's cool that's beautiful and animals and human everything right but then you it's in you you're like whoa (laughs) no I mean I remember just being a man and and watching her I mean I was in awe and I'm like and I'm almost unnecessary. You know what I mean? I'm not, <laughs> no, not quite, not, not quite. at all. Not at all. Totally necessary. I was glad you were there. Just your boobs don't make milk. Right. Okay? <laughs> yes. They don't, and they don't that, grow the baby. <laughs> that too. But the boob milk thing, I'm like, dude, my boobs are <laughs> It's like, I wanted to go up to people on the street and go, did you know? Yeah. Do you want some? Like, it was just, just, I couldn't get over it. It was like, oh, are you hungry? Right, right. Here Here it is. So easy. (laughs) I was so sad when my, when my superpower, like that's a superpower. When that went away, I was so sad. I, I cried so hard. I'm like, can I have that one forever? Yeah. yeah. Life giving right there. It's like, I read a quote um, the other day and it was around like, it was basically saying there's, if we're always in this beautiful, you know, if we're always in this world that we see over and over again, we, we desensitize to it, you know, and we don't, we forget how absolutely miraculous it all is. Like it really is. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm living in a forest and this is the first, you know, spring, summer season that I've, we've been here and the experiences with the animal world is just so different. I mean, we had an interaction with a very small weasel today. That was like a baby. And it just kept darting back and forth to us. And we're like having this conversation. I mean, where does this happen? This is, what are we doing here? We're having a conversation with a weasel in the road, you know? And, um, it and we had moose on the on the land the other day and we have a, a turkey that we uh, affectionately named who's who's visits us every day we have Same a gang we have a gang of turkeys about 20 <laughs> that stampede through the yard well we have a loner turkey he's probably been kicked out so he's, he's probably, probably like me yeah yeah he's probably <laughs> he's probably uh, believes in god theory or something yeah. <laughs> or terrain but I want to ask you a question too, once you are done with your, no, go ahead. So, so the question is when you are, and you find you, we were just talking about staying in integrity with ourselves, right? We're not compromising. We're not covering our faces. Um, 
But when you're in these typical conversations with other moms, let's say, and we know all the stuff, like, okay, there is no virus. Why are we still talking about viruses? Um, but they are not there. You know, they are not part of that reality yet. I mean, what do you do? Like, do you just stay quiet? Or do you just drop bombs and know that, that when you drop bombs, there there will be some collateral damage to thought? Like, I had COVID. Might... My mom had COVID. My dad. I, you know? And when you know it's not a thing. <laughs> How do you handle situations like that? <laughs> well, it's going to, it always depends on your risk factors because there's it's difficult when you're trying to uh, form communities mm -hmm. where people are still on all kinds of different pages mm -hmm. of information, right? And so usually uh, if, if these are people that I interact with or, you know, they matter to me on some levels, meaning we're doing a service for each other, whatnot, uh, then I kind of wait and watch and look a little and I, I, I just gauge it to see where I'm needed or where's the right time to say something. Um, and it's difficult. It's actually very difficult it because is. you're the one who has to watch people talk nonsense and you're not allowed to correct it. Mm -hmm. And it, it, where I usually do stand up is when it is going to affect me or my child mm -hmm. directly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, if it's a, a family that, you know, they want to have a picnic. Okay. As an example, uh, and they're like, oh, so-and-so has a cough. I'm worried, you know, we might pull out. Okay. And I'm like, mm, yeah, no, it doesn't work like that. Uh, here's my video <laughs> on whatever. We had and, that exact uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they think that that they're, um, and the other, the, I think the other challenge that I've had is about offering certain foods and candies and things to my child. Mm -hmm. I find that really difficult um, among parents. Most parents are not as you know rigorous with their choices, mm -hmm. whether they are just on a budget so they don't want to know maybe, you know what I mean? Um, they'd rather just, they got food on the table and that's, that's a win for the day. Yes. They don't want to know that it's full of pesticides, that it's going to damage their child's fertility, that it's going to give them puberty problems and acne and obesity and dental issues and cognitive, you know, problems and depression. They don't want to think like that. They want to think that they're good parents who work and put food on the table, you know? And so that's a really tough place to be in where you're like, oh, you did all that shitty, actually. So well, well, you know, we we talked <laughs> on we we talked on uh maybe a couple episodes ago, your um parenting your club. dialogue around around treats and stuff like that. And 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 you know, that was it was hard to hear and 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 I had a uh you know, a reflection on that because, you know, we did this very strict diet when we were healing gut issues, you know, we did gaps for years and we were very regimented. And that's and how we understood by firsthand experience that the rain makes so much more sense than germ. Well, because we restore the gut and then there, all the symptoms are going away. Well, but, but, but then I think we always had this incorrect notion in our head that was that was out in front like okay we just want to heal you to the point where you can then beat the shit out of yourself again <laughs> yes. 
Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. as they grow up, as you said, it is harder because you go to the store and they want this and they want all the shiny and the pretty packaging. And, you know, it's 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 rough that, you know, it makes them so happy, but you know, at the same but, time you're poisoning them. But, but we did it. We did it when we knew there was an eminent mm-hmm. threat, but now we think we're healed and... We we've given up on that. Uh, I mean, we haven't completely given not up. completely, but I mean it was a, it was a very sobering discussion on your on your dialogue. Mm-hmm. Sickness is the problem. Is yeah. it the solution? Getting sick after the experience is that the problem or is that a solution? <laughs> yeah, and it's see that's the other thing is I um, I say things that are hard to hear. Oh yeah, and and um, and that's the other you know, the other issue is that I'm, you know, I'm trying to, how do you be delicate and yet also be completely honest? And and it's a real tough place to be in. And, and the expectation on me to be perfect at that is really high. And it's just Mm -hmm. not really very fair actually, because, you know, I'm a mom and I have sleep deprivation and two, and I run businesses and I have employees and I have all of these things, right. Mm -hmm. That I have to keep going with. And, uh, and, you know, I have my days too, where I'm maybe grumpy and mm-hmm. angry at shit and, and mm-hmm. like I'm a normal person. I just, I'm trying to master things. So I'm working, always working on it and watching myself. So it's different. It's not like you don't feel things or don't go through things. It's that you're trying to be your own witness so that you can lift yourself up and you don't project onto other people all the time. You own your shit, right? right. So I'm trying to own my stuff at the same time as uh, do my work, which is waking people up. And it might be a little bit violent. Well, and the truth, <laughs> we're uh, grateful for it. The, tr- the truth yeah. is you wouldn't be nearly as memorable if you weren't exactly the way you were. And that's your, that's exactly what you're trying to do. You're trying to get the message across and people wouldn't hear it if it was any other way. Well, uh, that analogy that came to me that I, that changed the way I thought about that was, about your your house on fire, right? If your house on fire, you're sleeping, and someone's knocking on the door trying to wake you up. You know, like, oh, go away, you know, whatever. <laughs> Ignoring the knocks, and and then they break in and they're like screaming up and get out, get out, and you're like, shut up, I just want five minutes of sleep, right? <laughs> and so that's not enough. And then they run up the stairs and they grab you and they shake the crap out of you. Wake up, your house is on fire. <laughs> calm down already so dramatic but that's what I do I'm like your hair's on fire man you need to see it like now and and that's it just is it's just me it's just the the whatever happened with the alchemy when my when creator made me that's what happened so Mm -hmm. I have to live that Mm -hmm. but it's not fun to always live that because Mm -hmm. you piss people off and and that's not my intention, of course, right. uh, but it, but it's the shrapnel, as you were alluding to, of the explosion that can, has to happen sometimes yeah. because people aren't listening to it when you whisper it or when you say it in a normal tone. It has to be so loud. I think to get over all the the draw, the done of this uh, tech world and the many pieces of data flowing around that they don't know where to put and so it's just like data overload without any organizational system or any way to integrate it into your knowledge base and so everything's just very overwhelming 
Yeah. You don't really have any functional use for the information. Uh, it's just there. And that's why I think people don't even know how to use the internet. They yeah. honestly don't know how to search mm-hmm. and, and how I to mean, find I mean, even searching to finding things these days is like it is the it's dead useless almost, It's so yeah. hard to find anything that's not funded by pharma or funded by, you know, NASA or funded by some Ivy League university <laughs> that you're yeah, just like... That's the stuff you discard. When mm-hmm. you're looking, you go through the first three pages or whatever, and most, if it's all, you know, med.eu or gov. What, it's garbage, 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 garbage. Yeah. You know, unless you're looking for a specific study or something, mm-hmm. you go to the more radical, weird stuff, or you go to the Wayback Machine because all of those websites have been erased. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Yeah, it's changed. The, you know, the way research is, it's gotten a lot more difficult. And I've realized that too, to the point where I'm not as um, irritated now as I used to be when people are like, oh, how do I find this or how do I, now it's like legit. It's like, yeah, I know you can't find it. But back when I'm like, I'd be like, I'd give them a link and they click on it and it, and it goes to a page that says, let me Google that for you. <laughs> that is so uh, funny. I love that one. Uh, I use that a lot, but you know, I'm not, I'm not a personal computer, meaning a lot of people will do that as well to someone like me. They'll expect that I'm an encyclopedia of all knowledge all of a sudden. Uh, Like I, I didn't, I don't hear and know all things. Okay. Like, I don't know where you're getting this deity stuff, but um, I have to research my topics as well. Right. And no, I know how to research, granted, because I trained in that, and I know how to read studies, granted, because I trained in that, but anybody can train in any of it mm-hmm. and learn it, mm-hmm. and whether it's of your own time or in a school setting. So I think people are just really lost in all of this information. They don't know how to direct themselves properly, and it really comes down to um them organizing themselves in their lives so they're functional and the things that does come to them will make sense like okay if i understand that the food that i'm buying is a problem then i have to really sit down and understand where are the poisons coming in oh my internet connection right i'm in trouble with that am i back is it okay yeah, yeah you're fine okay? still hear you yeah well okay good okay yeah, so go ahead. Um, yeah, so so I was just saying that, like, that food problem, right? That mm-hmm. um, Or in the chemicals, too. If you're like, okay, if I'm... If I, that you clean your house or, with, like, you know? Just, that's all of it. Just start somewhere, you know, just pick one and go, okay, I'm going to work, yeah, I'm going to work on clean products this mm-hmm. month or something. Mm-hmm. Just be loving with yourself, but be diligent with the decisions you're making. And... Uh, and, and the reasons why you're doing it. And like, I talked to a couple of friends of mine who are more similar to me and we're very isolated. We don't really go to social events and hang out and gab. And we're very focused on our mission and what we're doing and, and, and our work. And it's so um, great that you can find people like that where you are. Yes. And we at least thank goodness, like now that I'm up here, I can connect more with parents like that or find more parents like that Mm -hmm. and who grow their food and they know that they don't want to give them the sugars and the dyes and Mm -hmm. stuff like my 
she's trying. I mean, I'm trying to train my daughter, obviously, to make those decisions herself, but she's right. 10. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, we have, uh, we have also around that age, I mean, we have a four, four-year-old and 11 and a 13, 13. and the 11 and 13 oh. now, you know, are starting to come into your own and want to experience, you know, these other foods or sneaking food here and there. So it, it's difficult to get them to read ingredients because they know. Right, they know about the dyes. They know those. If you can't read it, you shouldn't be eating it. So they know those things. But it's becoming harder for them, you know, they because they really want to, to challenge and, and figure out is what mommy's telling me really true or is she making it all up? Well, then they let them get sick. I mean, um, my daughter's gone multiple times now. You know, mm -hmm. you know, different occasions for like a weekend or whatever to the city with her relatives. And every single time she's come back congested, coughing, mm -hmm. uh, tired, I'm like, you know, you see a pattern emerging, right, mm -hmm. honey? You go to the city, you eat crap, you come back sick mm -hmm. every single mm -hmm. time. It's not a virus. It's not a bacteria. Not a virus. Exactly. That's what I wanted you to, to touch on. To finish, how does the body work? What is natural? What should you expect? Like, for example, parents freak out if their child has a fever. Oh my gosh, they have a fever. We got to run to the doctor. We need antibiotics. I mean, how do you like look at that from a different perspective? My body's actually doing the right thing. <laughs> how do you get, how do you get there? Well, I mean... <laughs> You have to deprogram yourself for one. I mean, you have to know you've been programmed first. If mm -hmm. you believe that, then you've been programmed. Yeah. That's it. You've been, you watched soap operas and TV commercials. You know, yeah. you go to doctors who are the um, pimps for the commercials. Basically, they are the ones who sell the products in the commercials. And you watch hero stories of, major savior complexes of miraculous emergency techniques and things and mm -hmm. you think they're these are gods you're they look at these people as if they're extra human in yeah. some way and mm -hmm. uh, no it's just not the case and I, I mean there are people where there's nothing you can do or say that's that's they're gonna die with those beliefs i i just i can't I don't know how you would undo it unless they were willing. This is the issue. There has to be some ability to carve themselves away from the belief for a moment and start to question that maybe this is not right. Um, and if they're starting to research other ways of thinking, or maybe they do a search on fevers or say they're wondering what's the highest a fever can go before they have to go to hospital. Maybe they're mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm worried there's a fever. We should get antibiotics because that's what our doctor does every time. Mm -hmm. um, which if there's every time a fever, then you got something wrong because how many fevers do you need to get? I mean, yeah. that means, I think that means you're sick all the time. Which means <laughs> and then you take the antibiotic and the fever goes away and they're like, that, that was the antibiotic. <laughs> yeah, then it there's comes that reinforcement. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, but the problem is they don't, they let the time win. In between their issues they don't see that the time the space in between yeah. the event the poisoning 
the suppression and then the reemergence, they don't make the connections. Mm-hmm. They think they're separate events. This because is it's the a different virus. So <laughs> right. That's why the germ yes. theory is so dangerous yeah. because it makes them think it's just something new when it's not. It's the yeah. same crap different day. <laughs> You know, and so if they were thinking, they'll say, oh, well, what if uh, I don't want to go to the hospital today? I had a be- I had 10 beers, so I don't want to drive the hospital. OK, mm-hmm. let's say that's their thinking. They go and search. Uh, uh, what's the highest a fever can get before it's scary or some crap? And then they find like my very, very first video from like 2015 or 14 or something. And they'll they'll see me talking about, you can go up to 105 Fahrenheit without intervening on a fever, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they might go, what? Yeah, that's wild, right? right. No, or they might judge it. But at least something got in there that maybe they're going, well, okay, this person said that the fever is healing it. So maybe we should let it do its thing and just right. support the body so it's stronger so it can do its thing and be done with the fever on its own mm-hmm. instead of us breaking the mechanism and suppressing it down and letting the situation fester, which is what they do every single time. And that's leads to cancer. You keep suppressing a fever. That's cancer. That's well, and, and I think that, um, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we've got this, um, you know, the pandemic of attention, you know, on, COVID, you know, and, and I think that the belief around what you believe about your sickness, you know, you're having this fever and it is a completely different experience when you believe that the body is doing the healing and not that you're in the state of crisis. And we, and I think we saw a dramatic decrease in the, the days that fevers would subside in because we now looked at it as a beneficial thing as opposed mm-hmm. to, oh my God, there's a fever. What do I have to do to get rid of it? Mm-hmm. So that that belief, mm-hmm. I think that's one of those components that we know that that even though they mention people with better outlooks, you know, have better outcomes in, in hospital and chronic illness settings, uh, we we still don't mm-hmm. attach enough importance of what we believe and how that impacts the body. We don't trust our bodies. Yeah, we don't trust it. We don't believe in it. We don't, we, we've lost faith in ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real, it's a true spiritual crisis. And, and that's why we're in the midst of the paradigm shift. There's always going to be crises in that pivot point, because you're going to have people who can't live with themselves knowing that their whole life or what they've produced was false. I have this issue. I mean, that's like your Judy Mikovit situation, right? That's really hard pill to swallow. Was it Socrates or who said it where um, the worst thing you can do is once you realize you've made a mistake is continue to make it, (laughs) you know? I don't know who said it. Stop. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Like a second you realize you've made a big mistake and your whole, for maybe 20 years, Mm -hmm. stop making a mistake as soon as possible. But that's not what happens. People... They just, oh, I don't want to, I can't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep doing. And um, I'm just about to send press send on a really big email to uh, Dr. Lynn Horowitz because we, so a lot of our group, our trained group and people, um, doctors and so forth have been challenging a lot of different people in the movement. And he's another one that's really got a hard challenge ahead. 
and we'll see if he's able to look at it you know mm -hmm. in a loving way because he's written a lot of information on the bioweapons story of yeah. weaponizing viruses right mm -hmm. virus as a lab created entity that can kill you that they release that's different and dangerous and deadly and it's a lot of fear stuff right mm -hmm. and um and how do you so he can't wrap his head around the virus is not existing right can't recognize um, so much money goes into the labs and who would spend all that yeah. money if that's not what they were doing yeah <laughs> yeah they're spending money to produce their end product which are the shots Mm -hmm. um that's where all of the gain of function research goes which is also a bunch of money laundering by the way too yeah mm -hmm. they they're fronts also so yeah um but they just the problem is they don't look at the material that challenges the belief enough mm -hmm. yeah because i could tell by the email that he hadn't he hadn't read anything because the, the way of the I could see through the, the wording right mm -hmm. like I almost want to say well just watch um just listen to uh Andy Kaufman's um the rooster in a river of rats right I think that's what it's called yeah. um that he goes through Koch's postulates and the river's criteria very very nicely and clear that's you know it's nice that we have quite a mix of different personalities in this crew because um, Kaufman is a very, you know, critical thinker and he can present very logically, which is really lovely. And, you know, Tom has a way of, as a cadence that he almost like a storyteller, you know, and he, and he can weave together things. So in such a way that you feel like you have had a revelation after sort of, mm -hmm. you know? and like, and Stefan Lanka, he's just German. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is. He commands respect. <laughs> He's German. Well, and I'm half German too, so I totally appreciate the like. Well, this is it. <laughs> it's not existing. It's bullshit. It's you know, bullshit. So. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, we we we, so wa we wanted to be respectful of your time. Did you have any other? Um... That was that was really my question. I mean, how do we get people to start trusting themselves again? Because I think that is kind of the root of the. I think Problem. I think we have to let go with love. If if what that means is we cannot change anybody, um, and and we cannot save anybody. And mm -hmm. as much as I tried to do that most of my life, mm -hmm. I realized my in my own capacity, I realized my own mistakes and my own errors, and my own mistakes and errors. I'm grateful for for they taught me all of these skill sets, patience and understanding and reflection and, and how to be gentle with myself when I make errors, how to be gentle with my child who makes mistakes most of the day because that's how you learn anything. So yeah, I need why are we condemning too. why are we condemning the mistakes? I don't <laughs> I don't think that's necessary. I, I really think we just own the mistake. It's cool. We that's what we wanted to believe for a while. We were playing pretend in the sandbox and playing with Tinker Toys. And now we're going to grow up and we're going to do it. We're going to master some skills and we're going to be more attentive to our own gardens and our own terrain. And it's the same as all the sages all, all say, it's 
you build it, they will come. You vibrate like that. You uplift yourself and you become all the things you expect from others and you will attract that in your reality. And so if you want them to figure it out, then you figure it out and then you live that Mm -hmm. and they will come when -hmm. they're ready and they will figure it out with you. No, that's a good point. That's beautiful. Well, we want to thank you so much. We we have this thing we say when, um, you know, when you hear information that is um, really resonates, you know, it you you can have an emotional response, and we we call that uh, the juice. And we want to thank you for always bringing the juice to the conversation because there are not enough people doing that. So, thank you, Amanda. Thank you both. I love the whole juicy everything. So oh. that, that works for me. <laughs> yeah. And Amanda, do you want to leave great. any? Um, oh, yeah. Anything what you're doing plug. or, or yeah. Uh Well, uh, as per usual, uh, yumnaturals.store for a lot of the products that I hand make and supplements and supports, that sort of stuff, uh, natural products. And uh, my DMSO products, DMSO.store for all that. You just have to be a private member first. You have to sign up to to purchase anything. Uh, And yummy.doctor for videos, uh, blogs. And if you want to register there, when the courses are ready, then you'll be notified uh, of that. And I'm hoping to be ready by, you know, at least the the fall, the autumn, to go with the first few of them and that sort of thing. And uh, and then Telegram groups, if you want to really get into some hot and heavy conversations <laughs> and um, challenge your beliefs there, that's how Juicy conversations. Oh, she Juicy. was saying the name of the Telegram. What oh, yeah. What was the Telegram again? Oh, Healthy Dose of Truth. Gotcha. Excellent. Yeah, I'm in that group. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda. Well, yeah, we- it's, it's wild stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's wild stuff. I love it. All right. Well, until next time, keep doing what you're doing and and thank you again. Okay. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Well, Fabiola, uh, that was a fantastic conversation. Mm -hmm. Didn't you just love that? Yes. I love that. I love her energy. I loved her authenticity and just what she brought about, you know, our spiritual connection and the, the, the disease really is in society, the society is diseased. So that was very refreshing uh, perspective. It's excellent. I, I mean, I really hope we can have her on again. I mean, she's such a uh, great personality, you know, challenging the mm-hmm. uh, narratives that people accept without inspection. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, I know that we've we've inspected a lot of our beliefs yes. from the the content that she's created and the interviews she's been on. And, and uh, it was great to... It was such a pleasure to have her on. Have her on. All right. Well, with that said... Oh, we got to talk about continuing the conversation oh, yeah, in continue- our Telegram oh, yeah, group. That's right. Leo always forgets. Well, actually, there's two things I want to mention. There's okay. the Telegram group, mm-hmm. which is um, the Collective Resistance Podcast. Just search for that on Telegram. You can join that. Um, but also... Um, I want to make sure we, we start asking people to review the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, on whatever platform you're on, if you can give a, you know, one to five star, or if you can leave a comment, um, it really, I, I would say if the comment is good or bad, uh, uh, any publicity is mm-hmm. good publicity. Mm-hmm. So, so write down what, what you think, uh, so that we can get the word out and, uh, continue to grow the audience. Um, anything else, Fabi? No, just, uh, 
thankful for all our listeners allowing us to do what we love, which is recording this podcast and talk about everything that's inside. All right. Episode, I think it's 55, is in the books. Fabi, what do you want to tell everybody? Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. The interview will be on Rumble. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay curious. <laughs>